Good morning. It's Jenny Walk from Elephant in the Room Consulting for the Anonymous Knowledge podcast, Wisdom from People You Don't Know. And I'm here in Melbourne at the Dimension 5 co-working space in South Bank with Darren and Jackie Silverman. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Darren and Jackie are from Black Velvet Coffee, the best coffee in Melbourne and probably across Australia. So if you are in Melbourne, you've got to get down to Black Velvet Coffee. Um, I'm really excited to have you guys here today on Melbourne, a beautiful, glorious autumn day, which is overcast and a little bit cool, which is pretty nice. The way we love it. Perfect it coffee drinking weather. It definitely is. So coffee is not what you've always done for both of you. I'm really keen to hear about your journey and how you ended up at Black Velvet Coffee and I guess the lessons you've come across the way and why you do what you do. So who'd like to start? Well, I started in hospitality when I left school and that was a long time ago now. And I, 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 hospitality for me was, was never a plan. It was just one of those things that happened as it is for most people who get into hospitality, I think. It's often a means to an end for people who are looking to do something else long-term. And then it just became a career, I guess, because it was something that I I enjoyed. I enjoyed dealing with people and, and, and finding that my day was different every day. Um, the monotony for me of working behind a desk in an office was just not anywhere I wanted to go near. So I started in hospitality and then worked here and overseas for a long time in, in every area of hospitality and finally got to um, the point where coffee was was the thing. I just developed a love for cafes and then further that coffee. And I just guess it was just one of those things that sort of grew organically to the point of, of, of you know, getting into roasting coffee and then you know, finding out what we're going to do or trying to figure out what we wanted to do later on. So what, what is it about coffee that gets you excited? It's, it's become part of Melbourne culture. It's become part of our lifestyle. It's not, it's not what it used to be. It used to be, you know, medicine for the day. It's and it's not nice. anymore. It, it's now a, it's now the thing to do. It was. It was for a long time. It, uh, you know, people would, would 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 conduct business and this sort of thing over over lunches and games of golf and all, all, all that sort of stuff. And it, it it became coffee. Coffee was the thing to do. It was. It was. Every everything happens over coffee. And we've talked about it recently and about the moments that people have over a cup of coffee. They're, they're critical moments in people's lives. And and we feel privileged to be part of those moments. So that's that's how it sort of got to the point where we are now. That's pretty cool. I love that idea that we've talked about before about the moments that you get in the coffee, uh, over a coffee. So whether it's a, a breakup or a business mm -hmm. deal or an engagement or an anniversary, it's the, it's the end of the meal, it's the closure, but it's also the beginning of so many other conversations and, and, and life moments. It is, it is. It was, it was, and it, it's 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 even it's growing still, and that idea is still mm. still that idea is kind of new to people. I, I think there's a lot of people that drink coffee two three times a day, but they still haven't or are still not aware that the moment that they're having over that cup of coffee could be 
you know, a very memorable moment in their life, whether it be catching up or whether it can be saying hello or goodbye, um, you know, meeting people for the first time. It could be anything. You know, these these, these moments are, are all taking place over coffee and, and that's why it's important. And, Jackie, so your journey is a little bit different from Darren's. Just ever so slightly. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey and, and uh, into Black Velvet. Right. Okay, sit down and hold <laughs> on tight. <laughs> okay, so I did a performing arts degree on leaving school and so my journey was always to be a performer in some way and I was a dancer for many, many years and an actor when I could. And um, and so to supplement my income, a performance income, it was always hospitality. So um, retail or hospitality. In fact, during those years, I became known as the person who could make the biggest froth on a cappuccino. <laughs> Sadly, that's not the way we make them anymore. I'd be, you know, <laughs> quite famous. Um, anyway, so that, that was a a long stint and then I went into education and I taught in in um, schools teaching dance and theatre and it was fantastic and I loved it and I, I um, learnt a lot and I managed a lot of people through that so that was a really exciting time and then we met and the worlds collided and we um, we had children and I needed we needed a um a career i'm desperate i'm a worker i love working um but i needed something that was going to fit in with our lifestyle and so that's when the first black velvet was born it was something i could be a part of and darren could could manage mostly and that was the idea and then it grew rapidly and so that became then the roasting business and the you know more shops and and so now I take a, um, a different role. So now I sort of look after managers and more the, I guess, I, my education roots come back into into play now. But I've also need to become a what, managing, the, the head of management, uh, business. I'm an accountant. Uh, <laughs> you name it. And you've got marketing and, and that's the yeah. challenge of small business, isn't it? Because Absolutely. your empire is growing. Mm-hmm. And I stress if you're in Melbourne, go and visit Black Velvet. But it's not just about the coffee. No. And, you know, you started with the love of coffee because you've got a connection and wanting to create those moments. But there's a lot of work that goes into creating those moments. Absolutely. So what are some of the, like, the lessons and the, that journey that you've gone from, I, I want to roast this coffee and make my own and share it, to opening a shop? Because that in itself is a, is a huge leap. It is. It's... Um... Luckily, Darren's opened many cafes in the past, so he can do it with his eyes closed. So that's great. And I guess I see, and he's very much the artist with the coffee, actual creating the coffee and sourcing the coffee. So I see my role as really um, supporting that. So I do do a lot of the admin duties and all the other little bits and pieces so that I can allow that um, creative process to be. I, w I worked for... I opened my first, not alone, but I opened my first cafe when I was 26, I think I was. That was a long time ago now. And um, <laughs> back then there was, there was no, there was no real um, way of learning how to run a business that I, that I knew of. You either went to business school 
and I'm not sure how much you can learn from there anyway. Mm. It was just open the doors and, mm. and away you go. And, and we, my, when I say we, my brother and I, we had some assistance from our father at the time who'd been in business for a long time and, and he was always there at the end of the phone or whatever else to help us set up. But it was done on the fly. I mean, we, we learned day to day. I mean, when something came up or a problem would arise, it was just, a, all right, how do we fix it? What do mm. we do? And then became tax time. What do we do? And we've got to pay wages every week. How do mm. you do it? Yeah. And there was it was just learning on the fly. So I, there were some huge lessons learnt then, which makes life and has made life easier now. Mm. Although I still so, think it's such a good ever-changing industry don't you find that every every week we've got something new we need to learn particularly oh, with um, social media and how important that is now and it's well, constant. It, the whole industry has changed dramatically and it's and it's still changing and in a couple of years time it'll, it'll have changed again mm. but i think that in terms of running the business that was just something you you learned day to day three years later you know, you had a pretty good idea about what you were doing and three years or five years later than that, when you've done another one, it starts to get a little bit easier. It doesn't matter what business you're in, it slowly starts to get a bit easier. But isn't that, that's the essence of entrepreneurship, isn't it? It's the mm. learning by doing. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's it's deciding, having an idea, creating an yes. idea, a vision and saying, we can do this and then opening the doors and, and, and not wanting it to be perfect because it's never going to be perfect. And, right. just, and basically just working through what challenges yeah. and how close can we get to the goal today and... Mm. What, what steps forward, what steps back, and how do we keep moving in mm. that forward direction by learning? That's we, right. And I don't, like I don't to, think you ever so. sort of profess to, certainly we don't, mm. profess to know everything there is to know. I mean, no one on earth does. No, but we like to think of ourselves as um, a problem-solving business. So there's, there is going to be a problem every day, next day, whatever. It's just about solving it. Yeah. What's, what are the challenges we have? What are, what are our assets? How can we work around that? And so, that's the way we view everything. And that, so the first, I'm just thinking in terms of the first lesson really for new businesses is really around that piece of don't be afraid to try and do it, mm. but also but look at your business as, as, as and, be, and expect problems and challenges yeah. every day. And if you go in expecting or knowing something's going to come up, you've already got an open and, and a kind of challenging mindset to start mm. with. So mm. you start with that mindset mm. so that when you're not surprised. That's right. When something comes up and you're able to deal with it, you're cognitively able to yeah. just to, mm. to deal with it or find someone to support you. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And when I said before, it's, it, it became easier. It's never it's never actually really become easy. It's actually really difficult. And I think you you know, there's it doesn't matter how many how many we've done and, and how long we've been around it and all this sort of stuff. It, it's still, I mean, it, it, there's still challenges every day that you don't expect, and it's not always going to work. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you don't know until you get there. But I think the idea that we try and follow now is that we, we know what the res we know what result we're trying to get. And then it's about putting the things in place to get to that point. Do you ever get to that point? I don't even know. Part of the fun finding yeah, out. But if the goal is to create moments for people, and that in itself, if that's your long-term vision, if that's the purpose, you, the it's wonderful thing about that time. is that's something that you're going to do yeah. every day so that you'll never actually, you, you never want to stop creating moments for mm. people. That's so it. it's just finding new ways to create those moments. That's mm. it. I, I worked for a big coffee company before Black Velvet for a few years and um, 
I think the advantage of being able to work with, you know, 100, 200, however many different little coffee places that I was looking after at the time was I was able to see what worked for people and what didn't work for people and put that up against the two or three places that, that I'd had prior to that. And where did where did my places sit in that? Mm. And looking back on it, if, if I, if, if let, let's say there were 200 that I was looking after, I think there were probably maybe five that I thought were actually going really well. The rest of them just survived, just sort of got by. Mm. Where did my two or three sit? I think they sat in that same block of, yeah, we just sort of got by. But what were the reasons be behind all that? Mm. And that's what I learnt working with all these people. Mm. There was only a handful. And I think the main ingredient that the, that the handful went with all the time, one, was that they didn't profess to know everything. Mm. They were the ones that were happy to admit that they were still learning, mm. whereas the ones that weren't doing as well were the ones that were telling me that they knew everything. Mm. That's that true, was, that was That was the most, that was the thing that I took out of it, yeah. probably more so than anything. I think also the thing you used to always talk about was um, a lot of people capped their um, expectations of themselves. Mm. Like, you know, you, the ones who did really well were always willing to learn and grow and change and try something new. And Yeah, they were happy to take a risk as mm. well. Yeah. Let's try something. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. But at least we look like the people that are trying. Mm. Yeah. And trying to innovate and try something new rather than just be one of the big group who just meander along. And that goes back to that idea of having a learning mindset, which is, which I guess for your background, Jackie, in terms of education and, and training, you would have had students come through, I imagine, mm. who put an, a cap or an idea of what their limitation was. So helping people get past that. Mm. Do you draw on some of the conversations and some of those lessons that you used to do in education and running the business? I do all the time. But children are the biggest gift um, if you can forget for a, a moment that you're the adult and learn from those children, it's yeah, absolutely mind-blowing what they can teach you. So how did the transition, I guess, from a you've gone from, you know, being married, having great kids to and, and different careers to an extent, supporting each other's career as you needed to, mm. to moving into a place where you're working in, you know, and coffee industry and, and small small business cafes are notoriously stressful. Mm. How do you manage that and that relationship process and how has that changed? What strategies can you share in terms of if you, if you are they conscious or they just, does it just happen? I think, do you know what? I, I he like basically me. takes direction really well then. Sorry. Do you know what I reckon? I, I think it actually took us, Black Velvet started, we're in our seventh year. And I reckon it took close to four or five of those years. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'll correct you, all right? It took four or five <laughs> of those years before we decided, or not decided, but we understood that the only way that this is going to work long term is if we just determine this is my role, this is your role, or what those roles are. Yeah. This is this. This is what I'm going to look after, and this is what you're going to look after, and have that as a mutual discussion. And then, then we don't tread on each other on the way through. Yeah. And I think that was that. That took. That's taken 
when I look, I, like I said, I, I started my first business not alone with a partner who was my brother at 25, 26, I'm now 47, 47, 47. <laughs> you stopped counting um, after a while. <laughs> and it's, ta- it, it's taken the best part of all of those years to figure out that that's, that's the only way it's going to work. And that's the only way you can not tread on each other's mm. toes. Did we do that consciously though? I can't even we remember. Because, because for a long time, if you remember, you, 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 were, you were forever asking, what, what, what's my role here? What, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah, that's true. Because I was doing a bit of this and a bit of that, and you were doing a bit of this and that. Yes, and, that's and that, right. So it was like, you know, am I doing this or maybe I'll concentrate on that? And once we developed, all right, you go down this path and I'll go down this path, keeping in mind that this is the, we're both going in the same direction, yeah. then it started to work. So it also it also prevents, particularly against small business, small, you know, limited resources, when you have that kind of lack of clarification of role, you end up duplicating effort, but also you end mm, up missing things true. because you mm. assume that yes. somebody else is doing that element or well, I'm Correct. not doing that, so here. So by having that lane, well, I guess playing in your own lane, mm. but really being really mindful of when you do need to you know, cross over and, and join versus mm. when you need to actually drive your own yep. kind of agenda or your own purpose. I think the main thing for us is that our final goal is is exactly the same and it makes it so easy doesn't it to to work towards that goal you know which is building up our business and you know creating something for our family and um so i find it to be so easy working together mm. i know a lot of people say what are you doing like how on earth do you work as a couple we get, asked, we get asked all we the do. time all the time how, how could you how can you you know, the first rule everyone tells you is don't, don't work with family. Yes, mm. the rule is another Pets one. and kids. <laughs> the kids are going to be working when they're old um, enough. But... <laughs> don't start a business with a friend and, and don't um, work with family. And my answer to that, certainly for the last, you know, few years, you know, if, if, I, if I can't trust mm, my wife, mm. my life partner, then who am I going to trust? You know, there's, there's, there's no one, there's, there's, there's very few people, if any, that I would go into business with or, or become a business partner with other than my wife. I mean, if, if, if we can't make that work, then we probably shouldn't be married. Yeah, it's a fairly, it's a truism in that statement alone because it's about sharing your full, every part of you in that mm. truer sense. Yeah. work and life and collaborating across the two. Yeah. But it also raises, it suggests as you're talking, that idea of it's you're not saying play in your own lane and don't provide advice or, or talk about it. It's just being really conscious of who's responsible for yes, it. Yes, that's it. Because what I've, what, yeah, what I've observed mm-hmm. in the last sort of six months since, you know, we met is that conversation that you do, you know, you challenge each other and you're able to do that in a really open and comfortable way mm-hmm. so that you may not agree with the conversation or you may but that's okay yeah so absolutely. you know that's part of business that's part of marriage that's part of life mm. but being able to actually share and challenge and, and the different perspectives and i know when we first met that was the, the the thing that radiated with me is your perspective jackie is so different it's yes you've had experience in hospitality but it had the lens is so different mm. from your perspective particularly around social media and the and the marketing process to to darren's which is your your focus is on the coffee and the business mm. and even the imagery that you have, the beautiful imagery on your website around you with your coffee. It's a love affair with your coffee. Mm. 
and for, I mean, Jackie, you you've come become to love coffee. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, but it's, it's a not, different it dynamic. Is, absolutely. Mm. Um, which is why I think it it works so well. The only challenge I think we have is being a married couple with a business together, and is um, it happened over a few years? Is where's the off point? Yeah, there is no off point. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you know we might be having dinner and talking with the kids about oh your day and the playground and whatever, and then next thing you know there's a business question in there, and it just it took me a long time to realise that this isn't our job. It's not a job. It's our it's our life. Yep. So it's and once we actually came to that realization that this is just what we do, we are business partners and life partners, and it intermingles all the time. And it's as long as we make sure there's enough of the home life and the mm. outside. So how do you? How do you so to interrupt you, but how do you manage that? How do you actually? Do you have some time where you say, okay, today, yes, black velvet is our life, but today we're actually just focusing on family, do you actually provide space for that or do you find naturally that just now happens because you made that conscious yes. decision so therefore you're actually giving yourself permission to stop for an afternoon with the kids because it's it's going to be there when you come back? Yeah. It's funny you ask that because only very recently, and I don't even think I've shared this with you, but and, and, and very recently I've started to, I, I've started to, do my best to switch my mind off from it. I, I, I was I was fed up from losing sleep mm. over things that were really out of my control, and I and I, and I think very recently I, I've I've made a point of trying to come home at the end of the day and not think about it, just so that night time is is purely about it could be nothing, it could be trivial, yeah. it could be what we're eating for dinner. It could be anything, um, you know, sport with the kids on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and, and just making sure that mentally you're present there. I'm there yeah. and I'm not thinking about other things. And, yes, there's things to do later in the day, but I'll worry about that later in the day. Uh, That's I, so good. I think that I'm sleeping better because of it. Yeah. And I'm finding that the shops are still there tomorrow morning. Exactly. Yeah. And the challenges that you can't control are still there yeah, tomorrow. Still there tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. But I'll, talk, I'll think about it tomorrow. Yeah. Because I've always said to people, I never actually probably lived by it. And I've always shared with <laughs> someone's dying out there. <laughs> I've always, one of the things I always used to say to people that um, when I was working with this coffee company, when I was dealing with wholesale accounts, was. If, if the business is going to live or die based on the fact that I've switched off for five minutes, that's going to cause the death of this thing. And this thing's in trouble anyway. Yeah. And I've never really lived by that. I was going to say. I'm finding that in myself. <laughs> but, it's a real, but it's actually a really good point that I think, as you say, yes. takes people a long time to recognise. Yeah. It's taken me 20-something yeah. years to figure this out. And as a new business, so Elephant in the Room has been around, what, nine months now since, since the business started. Mm. And I've had a similar conversation because I'm I'm observing so many other businesses in quite a different lens now than mm. I've been in a business for someone else. With my partner, we have that conversation all the time where he says, okay, you said today you're not working. So why are you answering emails and why are you doing this? Or And my brain is always on yes. because it's a small business, we're growing, we want to have the best version. So you, you think you have to be always on. 
but it's taken me having a partner who's not in the business, mm. who doesn't, is completely separate business for me to say to me, okay, you can turn it off. You don't have to answer that phone call. Yeah. And, and I'm still not great at it, but yeah. it's a really, but it does make a huge difference to your ability to recover and reflect and, and not recover in a bad way, but just to, just yeah. to um, decompress and Absolutely. to, and to recharge. Absolutely. So that you can give the best to your business the next day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, and, and for me, and I know everyone's different, but for me, it's taken a long, long time. Mm. And a lot of nagging. Oh my God, how much yeah. nagging did I do? <laughs> chop, chop. So how do you do that then? How do you, Jackie, able to, is that, I guess with you like the kids, it's you're forced to almost have to focus because, you know, when you're not in the business, if yeah. your kids are with you or whoever's looking after the kids at the time, you have to give them your attention. I like to say I've got about 4,000 tabs open in my brain <laughs> at one time and I just switch between the tabs yeah. as need oh, be. I love that imagery. And, um, That's so good. When I'm trying. When I'm driving, yes, driving tab is on, but also I've got some new ideas in a business that's going, but then when it's kids, it's kids. And I think um, multitasking has been one of my strong points. Better than mine. Oh, yeah, I was at multitasking. Darren's very, <laughs> no, but, which is great. No, because right. Darren, Darren's Darren. very different. But when he's focused, that is he's the focus and he can really gain some amazing insights. Um, but yeah, yeah multitasking is. That's okay. This is we work differently, and I think that's why we work so well. We acknowledge that in each other. And, yeah. So you have the over, you have the I guess the big picture, the four thousand tabs. Yeah. In your head, knowing, keeping an eye on the, mm. the helicopter view on everything. Mm. That, as you said to start to allow Darren really to focus and drill down and and make the coffee and the experience and all those other pieces which are critical to the success of Black Velvet. Mm. And you, you can focus on doing those things. Yeah. So in the in the last sort of seven years, the business has grown significantly from you roasting coffee on your desktop <laughs> or in, 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 in a bench top to, yep. you know, having a roasting facility. And so your experience is, you know, we talk about you running a cafe or a business, but really you're a wholesaler, you're a producer, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a... It's a mini multinational, effectively, in terms of what you do. Your breadth and, and depth of the business is quite significant. What are the what are the lessons that you can share around that first piece when you when you moved into manufacturing? Because that's a piece that I know people will think about and go, "Oh, wouldn't it be great to do that?" But I don't know how to. Yeah. What would be you know the first thing that you might suggest that people want to start with when they're thinking about that that shift to grow their business? You know, it's funny. I, I think. There were a couple of moments where I think it happened for us, and I think I think one of them, whilst it grew organically, and and that was just we tried something that worked, and that sort of moved into the next bit, and that worked, and the you know the the actual roaster itself got bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, so in fact, your process hasn't changed. It's just what yes. the, what, the what the thing that it's used. To do the process is just it had to be get, it had get to bigger. get bigger because organically yeah. the demand was, was there. Yeah, people mm. wanted more. But that's a really interesting way to look at it I, I, because most people think I have to now do this, but really you're doing the same thing. Yeah, and you're actually following the same process. You're yeah. just scaling it. Yeah. Mm. So you you allowed the scale to happen instead of seeing it as an obstacle. You just went well. We just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think two things. I think one thing is that, and again, this is a thing that. I think I, I, I saw a bit of and I learned from working for this other company some years ago was the amount of people that 
you come across that wanted to take on the world on, on day mm -hmm. one. You can't take on the world on day one because on day one, you're nobody. You know, we open another shop now two blocks away and we're nobody. Yeah. Because people don't know who you are. It's, it's a million miles, two blocks in the city. So when you try and start one of these businesses, whether it be coffee or it doesn't really matter what it is, you're not going to, you can't take on the big boys on the first day. Mm. You've got to announce yourself and you've got to put things in place and you've got to try and make sure you've actually got some plan in place that you follow to try and get there. And as soon as you bite off more than you can chew, mm. you're on the scrap heap very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be on the scrap heap. We don't, we just don't want to ever be on the so scrap heap. So it's pushing the risk. It's and got to be calculated. And you're taking the risk, but as you say, they're calculated risks, but it's, almost allowing the business to grow mm. and not being in the way of the business growing. Mm, absolutely. Extent. Well, I think to some extent it can also, it can, whilst you can take it down a path, it sometimes takes you yes. where, yeah. where it wants to take you. And I think you've got to almost let that happen as well. We've made a conscious effort to be open to that though, mm. to think, okay, this is, this is the road. This is the opportunity. But we're, yeah, so let's, let's just go with it. We've not been rigid in our views at all. Well, wholesaling coffee was never a plan. No, it just it was, it was not even on the agenda. It was not on the radar at all, but it just kind of happened because, you know, we were just doing what we wanted to do. And then people started knocking on the door. And when that happens, you, you know, if, if, okay, we can, we can maybe look at it. And then when the next person knocks on the door, maybe, okay, maybe we should look at it. And then when the next person knocks on the door, we, we have to start looking at this because, you know, there's, a, there's suddenly a demand for what we're doing. But I think the other thing that happened that, that was, was really important was when a guy who happened to just be a customer, a retail customer, came into our shop one day and said, and talked to us about having a brand and, re, and mm. doing a rebrand. Wow. Logos images, illustrations, everything, and a total new image because that's the only thing your shop at the time was missing. Yeah. There's and no consistency of branding. Done, nothing. Mm. And everything you have to do has to be, you know, has to reflect that brand, brand yeah. rather than just a, mm. a cafe selling coffee. Yeah. Have a brand and make everything reflect that. And... I think we were almost a little bit hesitant at the time. It was a costly thing to do, but mm. we did it. And I think then it went from here to here. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, and effectively for you, the brand announces you to the market though, doesn't it? Mm. It's not just about giving yourself an identity. It's it's saying we're here, we're here to stay. It's, it's There's some permanency in creating that brand and that look and feel mm. yeah. because you don't look like, I mean, you, as you said, you see a cafe on the corner that doesn't really have a name and doesn't really have any particular style and six months later it's gone because it makes may or may not make nice coffee and food but it's not memorable there's no connection to it mm. but when you create that brand and people come to the brand and see the brand and they want to be identified and they see i see myself in your brand mm. you announce yourself as as a player in the market mm. as permanent i'm here we're growing look out big boys yeah i think we've been really fortunate actually maybe we've just been open to listen to because we were opening up an espresso bar that was the plan and i think then we had those conversations with the graphic designer who rebranded for us and then we met 
coincidence, just by coincidence, met um, Jason from the practice and he helped us with our mission statement and core values. And so all of these things helped focus mm. us to being the company we are today. And then, you know, we met you and you've helped us again in our focus and yeah, maybe that's the key, the the lesson, isn't it? Being open to listening to others and and mm. focusing your business. I mean, we thought we were focused, I think. Yeah. But unless unless you're listening, um, I had you're not a learn. interesting conversation with someone last week that just resonated when you were talking about saying that people think they're in a particular job, and then when you actually look at what they do. Yeah. So I used to say I, th I thought I was a business consultant, but what I really do is make you the best best version of yourself mm. so business consultant is naf but if i say to you i'm going to actually help you mm. be the best version i can tell you exactly what you're doing so really you thought you were in the business of an espresso bar mm. but really you're in the business of creating memorable moments for mm. people through coffee mm. yep. and yep. when you when you start to realize that which is what you've guys you seem to have done over the last particularly the last couple of years mm. and probably more so in more recent time that's given you that different purpose and different statement and different mission yeah. to be working towards. Yeah. Mm. And funnily enough, I mean, that that idea in itself, the Black Velvet's in its seventh year, mm. I don't think we, that, that didn't come to us being like this. It was just that that was an idea that was presented to us mm. in year six. Wow. We, we I mean, I, I said it at that conference that where we, where we met. Yeah. Was that we we we've been going along for five or six years with no idea why we were doing it. I didn't have a clue. I mean, we yes, we knew, we knew yeah. that this is what we do and this is what we want to do. And we like when, doing it well, and we like we love hospitality. But yeah. But when quizzed on our why, if I can, you know, um, give some credit to Jason Cunningham. Yeah. When quizzed on why, you know, why do you do what you do? We didn't actually know the answer, and it's and it took a long, long time to figure it out. But once we knew what that mm. was, everything we, we we could connect everything all of a sudden. Mm. And once you've got everything connecting, it makes life and business a little bit easier to manage. I think. Mm. And and that goes back to that conversation about having the purpose and why and a mission statement and, and the reason that you're in business mm. gives you some clarity, but also gives you a reason you want to get up in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, it's your passion. It's exciting. It's when you're in your in flow, and when you become the best version of yourself is yeah. when you have that all in sync. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do need somebody like Jason to to just reflect back on you. And so it goes back to that first point that you said is that you never you don't know everything about the business, so mm. being open to having other people share their insights and share their information go oh how does that sit with me today and taking yeah. that on as you need to mm. is really critical and obviously key to your success particularly darren over the last you know with you from starting your business going in with that understanding that i don't know everything you know i'm i'm running a business and i'm going to learn every day and if it fails it fails if it succeeds exceeds but we're just going to keep learning and keep yeah. working through that yeah we're not we're not going to make the correct decision on everything no. nor do we things work and some things don't work You've got to be able, or, or you've got to be willing to try. Mm. Surround yourself with knowledgeable people that you're willing to listen, listen to. Because people. Mm. people are smart, and people don't. We, we, we've got a lot of good ideas and a lot of help and a lot of advice from people who know nothing about coffee. Yeah. Mm. Because it's not all about coffee. No, it's never just been about coffee. 
I mean, we're sitting here with you. I mean, you, 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 you were huge for us in, in Noosa when we first met because it just made us think it a little bit outside the square. Yeah. It's not just about the cup. Mm. The cup is we can we, we we think we've got a pretty good product. That's that's that done. But yep. there's so much more than just the cup. Than just the cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that that's taken a long time to figure out or, or to learn. But I think it's interesting that you say that because a lot of businesses and a lot of coffee businesses focus entirely on the cup. And yes. we talked about this when when we met in Noosa about you know people talking about you know the roast and where it's from and 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 taking you know huge amounts mm. of real estate inside their businesses and on their website about stuff that as the roaster you care immensely about yeah but as your user yes. as your client they don't really care no. they just want to know if it tastes good when i drink it yeah. and can i get that every day yeah. exactly. and is it going to taste the same and if it doesn't that's okay but is it going to taste better or different in the same good way mm. so having that understanding of what your clients and what your users or your customers, stakeholders, whatever word you want to use. Mm. So you seem to have developed a really clear, or becoming much more clearer about what it is your end users want to get mm. out of black coffee, black velvet. So what is, what do you see that as now? What what is your customer looking for when they come to you, other than a great cup of coffee? Well, there's our custom customers definitely come from an, for an experience. They come for a a relationship and it's never with us even with our online customers it's it's never just you want a product here's your product done it's always more than that our, we make it a point um one of our core values is is developing authentic relationships and that's between ourselves and our amazing team members but they also they're of the same mindset and they develop authentic relationships with all of our customers. I mean, there aren't many customers. We don't know their names um, and where their kids go to school and what are they doing on the weekend. It's never just about that product. It's always about the relationship. Thoughts, husband? No, that's spot on. Mm. And it, and it's and what's interesting about coffee is that as a purchase item, it's probably one of the lowest cost purchases you make every day. Mm. But people take that don't throw their three dollars fifty or four dollars fifty or five dollars whatever size coffee you're getting away Mm. it's made as a really conscious and deliberate decision about where you get your coffee Mm. you know particularly in melbourne i was going to say certainly in melbourne particularly in melbourne Mm. and and more so in every other state so moving from here through to brisbane in brisbane now there are places that people will not go to coffee i know for people who will cross the road and walk 200 300 meters versus going to the coffee shop next door to their office mm. because the coffee is, it's about the experience they get. It's about that whole process. Mm. So going in with that idea of creating the experience, you, you mentioned about your great staff. So how have you been able to capture, because it's one thing to have the vision and be the owners of that vision and the drivers of that vision, but how do you get other people to join you on that vision? How do you find that? I think that's part of the um, employment process to start with we we have in the past employed for skills and knowledge but now our focus is more um whilst that it's they've all got a lot of experience it's all about the attitude and be willing to learn and be open and and be personable and interested in others i think but i think naturally we've gravitated towards people like that would you mm. say i think so and i think it's also it, it, you look at people that are doing this for a career. 
career. Mm. We don't look at people that are yeah. doing this because they've got three months to save for an overseas trip and they're never going to come back. No. It's not about, that's not the right person. One of the things... That in itself is a huge point of difference from, from hospitality slash yeah. in your industry. Yeah. Well, Making a choice to have people... Absolutely. ...and invest in your people. Mm. Absolutely. And I remember talking to a friend of mine who I've known all, all my life who had a little place down in... Uh, down, anyway, down in, in Melbourne. And um, he, had a, he had a permanent note stuck to the window of his shop. Um, staff wanted apply within or whatever it said in hand handwritten form and yet at the same time he was forever saying that he was having trouble with staff and he mm. couldn't find the right people and this person's letting him down and that person's letting him down and all this sort of stuff so it, staff is, the, is 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 always going to be the i think is always going to be the biggest headache mm. if there's a headache that you have to deal with. So you've, you've got to find the right people to begin with. I mean, to, 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 be, to try and pick up the pieces after the fact is, is, is a nightmare. So I, I just think you've got, to, you've got to find the right people that fit with you and it's got to be a personality thing. If you're hiring just on skill, it's very difficult to train them to be a certain person. Yes. I think mm. you're better off going the other way around. Mm. So do you seek, and, and this may be a difficult question to ask, or you may not have thought about it, but when you're hiring people with to want your vision and, and have the ability and will and desire to engage and create moments with people, how do you do that without hiring yourself in a different form? Because there's always a challenge of just, and that happens, you hire people who look and sound like you, so therefore, mm. because they fit that mould and you think, well, they look and sound like me, so therefore I can teach them the skill. Mm. But one of the things you've managed to do is you have an eclectic collection of people. Yeah, we do. So you, you, is that, was that a, is that, has that been a conscious effort to not find people who are exactly like you, or are you just really focusing on people who are a little different, who have a, something to say and something to share? that's going to allow you to translate. Maybe you haven't thought about it like that, but that's what it appears from an external view. Everyone's certainly very different to each other, but it's just that general um, personality trait of being positive and hospitable. We talk about being in hospital. I mean, we've, oh, we have had a staff member early on who, it was vocal. Maybe we learnt early on. Maybe that's it because it was very vocal in saying, I hate people. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> in hospitality? Yeah. This is the gift that we get from having had people come to us and having relationships with them. This is the gift of hospitality that we really love. But I have to say there's so many people I know who, who make coffee or in, in coffee yes. businesses outside you who really don't like people. Yes. They oh, just want to make coffee. Absolutely. And, and so, they, the and they coffee. think their coffee is is good enough that the fact that they're yeah. impersonable will, you know, yeah. will, is less is not not important because their yeah. coffee is so good. Yeah. Yeah. So you've really made a conscious choice to really balance those two. Yeah, we have because because we really are focused on the fact that it is a moment and it's a relationship and it's um, it's an all round package. It's a holistic package, and an amazing cup of coffee is just one mm. element to that. Yeah, we, we we've got a blog on our website. Um, which is? I, which is, the website is blackvelvetcoffee.com.au. Yes. Um, 
And the title of it is, is Are You Hospitable? And it talks about not not everyone, not everyone, I mean, not everyone in the world is a naturally hospitable person. Not everybody, not, no, not, we don't all love people. We don't all love rolling out the red carpet. We don't all love people coming and sitting in front of us and preparing food and, and mm. making sure everybody's happy. That's not everybody's go. And that's okay. But don't get into hospitality if that's not your go. <laughs> yeah. You work behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And there's, there, there, there's, a, there's a cafe on, on, you know, every two doors in Melbourne. Mm. Everybody wants to get into hospitality. They all think there's a million dollars to be made in a plate of food. And easily, yeah. And that's just simply not the <laughs> and case. It's hard work, but I understand it's hard work, and yes. so it's okay. <laughs> the crack of dawn, and it's coming home when it's dark, and it's and it's busting your backside and washing dishes, and, and it's it's not fun. It's not a fun thing to do for most people. Mm. So unless you unless you find some sort of satisfaction in pleasing people and get some satisfaction out of watching somebody enjoy a plate of food or a cup of coffee that you've put together. If you're not a people person, then it's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how good your product is. So I think you've got to be a naturally hospitable person. And there's too many people in this game, I don't think, have that as part of their nature. Yeah. And if it's not, it's just not going to work. And I, 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 remember going into a place and try to order a cup of coffee and the guy was watching on the TV at a big TV set up on his wall and he was watching a soccer match. It was a, a qualifier for a World Cup mm. or something like this. And I tried to order a cup of coffee and he wouldn't talk to me until that game had finished. <laughs> it was not long to go. Yeah, but but I had to wait. Now this wrong if business. he's not in the wrong business, <laughs> yeah. then I'll go he. Yeah. So you've got to, I don't expect. It's not soccer with a side of coffee. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, that's right. more yeah. important to you. Yeah. Then you're in the wrong game, yeah. I think. And, and you've got and, a customer who now will never go back. And I haven't. Been, and we'll probably tell other people not to go back. That's mm, right. Yeah. And he's now in a blog on our website. So without <laughs> naming the guy and this sort of thing yeah. and, and all the rest of it. So I just think you've got to be, we, we try and find people that have a similar attitude in terms of this is this is why I do it. I love doing it. I love seeing someone's eyes roll back in the head when they taste a nice cup of coffee. If that's not your go, then this is the wrong place. Yeah. And that's a real and, and in hospitality when you have so many people wanting a job, mm. it gives you an opportunity to 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 explore that and really take advantage of that. But the challenge also is there is so many people wanting a job, trying to find those people who've who have those that attitude and that personality and that style that you really want? Oh, it's pretty easy to weed out. I yeah. have to say, yeah. we just recently did it. Yeah. Number, <laughs> gosh, number one, put a write the right business on your resume. That's always good. <laughs> good, good start. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, there was so it was so easy to weed out ninety percent yeah. of the resumes, and we had a huge amount of um, applicants. And then just you know, it's very pretty clear in a, in with someone who is passionate about hospitality or really wanting to learn, and it's it was quite easy to find Those really people. fantastic people. I had a, a, a someone talk to me recently about how to get when you're LinkedIn or, or growing a business, whether it's staff or clients, is put in a question mm. that 
had yes. a specific question that halfway through or at the bottom of the of your of your question or your um, mm. application form so that you know that they've had to have read it. So it might be you need to yes. tell me, you know, when you submit this, what's the colour of the sky was one of the ones that they use. So if they're responding, someone's responding, they have mm. to say, what's the colour of the sky where you're located at the moment? So if someone's just doing an auto respond, here's my standard. Yeah. Thank you. Here's my application. I'm an awesome barista. Yeah. Hire me. Yeah. You actually already know that they haven't read your article. And yes. You can, yeah. you know, so that idea of being able to pick, is there a question that you ask? We did. We had we had two four. Questions. Was it? What's it four? Two questions. Well, and what were they? One was about what? Did, what can you bring to Black Velvet, the company, not just Black Velvet Coffee Shop? Yep. Um, it's a great question. And it, it was like and once again that was weeding anyone who did not answer the questions were not even considered, no matter how amazing their experience mm. might have been. And the other question, if I remember, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was about. Um, to just des to describe a coffee moment yes or was it to describe a coffee moment that they've had or to describe a their perfect coffee moment or something so ask them to really think about the experience that you want so someone yeah. saying you know on a nice day i have a coffee after a run it makes me feel good is yeah. not really mm. passionate but you might have someone to describe watching someone else yeah. you know have um, that moment of yeah and it wasn't just about the about the transaction the answers to the questions mm. But it was, as you said, it was how many people are actually going to read that there's two questions that they need to answer as part of their application. Yeah. And if I would say that 5% maybe answered the questions, 10% mm. yeah. maybe, mm. probably not even 10%. Yeah. We're talking over, I think we had a couple of hundred at least. Wow. Applications on the last job that went out. And I don't think there were more than about 5% that actually answered the questions. Yeah, which so, makes your process much easier. Which, you know, when you take all those out, and it didn't matter what their skill set was, yeah. if they didn't read that, they were gone. Mm. It makes it much easier. But what I love with what you're saying and what you're, what you're bringing with Black Velvet is you're trying to change the way people view not only coffee but the industry and that transaction to take it from a transaction to not just being about what I can do and how I do it. You want people to be invested in the process yep. because you're invested in the process and, and they are people are your biggest asset and liability for the business. They, mm. they sit on both sides of the of the P&L in terms of with respect mm. to that. Yep. So you need to make sure that you're balancing the risk and the reward that you get from getting the right people. That's right. So recently you just opened your new store in the city. Mm -hmm. What's, as, as you're, you know, moving into that new business and that's kind of, rolling along what's next what are you seeing as your next challenge or your next opportunity that's coming your way well there's a few things someone some can't really be talked about just yet but i do have i mean there's a product that i'm developing at the moment that we're really excited about so getting um into a, a gift items area right. yeah which is starting to is that the thing that we're going to talk about here? No, that's it, the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to say exactly what so it is. So for those listening, you need to keep going to the website and checking to see when when the uh, new exciting release might be. Don't put that idea No, yeah. no. That's... No, no I, I'm that person. Yeah, don't, always... don't, don't give away your secrets because you want to make sure that they're yours. No, we're yeah. really excited about it. It's yeah. starting to grow legs. So awesome. that's something. And then, um, you know, there's always building up our stores and, you know, building the brand. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of things yet to come. We're not we're not people who will ever 
stop. sit down and just say, hey, yeah, check out our business. <laughs> it's um, it's always a growth and a, and that's what we love about it, isn't it? It's there's a never never ending opportunities to to grow ourselves and our business and help our staff and you know mm. love what you do. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm conscious that we're sitting about 52 minutes, oh, so uh, I don't <laughs> want to so run easy. out of I run out of podcast. Um, I'm really excited about, and I've been blessed to have kind of met you guys over the last six months and, and watch your growth just in the last six months and see what you're doing with the stores and the changes. And what's really great to hear from a small business perspective and for people listening going, hey, I want to do something, but I don't know the answers. I don't know how to do it. I don't know if it will work. It's It's that it doesn't matter. If you don't know any of those things, if you have the idea and you have the passion, then you'll find a way to make it happen. Mm. Whether and whether it's right or wrong, you just learn and, and keep moving forward and rolling with the punches, and, and deciding which, you know which path is right for you. That might work, may not work, and then just learning as you go forward. Yeah. So that's what's been really evident about your journey. Now you've done that in a very successful and an open-hearted, open mind way. And so to me, that's probably the, the key. The critical element that makes you a success in whatever you're doing with black velvet or other things is the fact that you've come with that attitude of this is a lifelong learning process so get on board or or don't but mm. you've chosen to get on board and just follow that process yeah. yeah and and i would i would say to anyone just to to not not let the industry whatever industry you're in, not let the industry dictate to you mm. what they think is right and wrong if if you if and stick to your guns because there are enough people out there that will jump on board with you if, if you are legitimate mm. and if you are authentic passionate and authentic. Yeah. And if the industry says that's not the right way, then let them come and please themselves. And that's change the industry. Say. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just be you. And, you know, if you're a good person, then it'll work if you work that way. Yeah. I love that. That's what I would say. So Black Velvet .com.au if you want to have a look at uh, the website and also for when your new products are launched, we'll, yes. we'll see those. And, and you manage the Instagram page for for Black Velvet and that's at? Yes, so we have um, black underscore velvet underscore coffee and we've also got Black Velvet Elizabeth, which is our second store up and running. Excellent. Thank you again, Darren and Jackie, for joining us from Black Velvet Coffee. It's been an absolute pleasure and look forward to seeing what's coming in the future. Thanks, Thanks Jen. Jen.